Right now you're listening to this and at the time of me recording this, we're already rolling into the beginning month or two of 2023. And it's about this time for a lot of us that are running our own show, as I'm sure you can relate, that the wheels start to fall off these New Year's resolutions we thought we would try and apply to our work and our businesses and our organisations. And this is about the time when we start losing that start of the year, new year, new me kind of puff, and we start getting busy, it falls by the wayside. And then it's this time that we tend to reflect back on when we get to the end of the year and wish we kind of stuck to our guns so we could have seen the full benefit of that plan we had in mind. Well, one of the best ways to get a plan on rails and to keep it on rails is to either systemize or outsource potentially to subcontractors or software, tools, things like that. I've done that with my own marketing within my organization to great success. So that's what I wanted to share with you in this episode is the top things that I've invested in to make my life easy and make it easy to be consistent, whether it's on social media or email or just general marketing, PR, outreach, I want to share with you the tools that I've used to systemize that process and make it as multi-platform and consistent as possible without me being stuck to my screen and me losing quality of life. So if that sounds like it's just what you need right now at this point in time as we head into 2023, let's jump on in. Running a small business while raising small humans in a small town is tough. But it's the kind of tough we chose. Why? Because it allows us to reach bigger financial goals whilst also having the freedom to prioritize things on our terms. So how do we make sure it stays that way? How do we make sure that the businesses we build continue to set us free rather than becoming something we're enslaved by? Well, that's exactly what I'm using this podcast to find out. I'm Meredith Page. As well as being a wife and a mum, I'm a marketing strategist from regional Australia. I'm connecting with the small town entrepreneurs from right across the country. I want to know how they make it work, raising a family and running ethical businesses whilst maintaining mental well-being and healthy boundaries. And every now and then, I'll throw in something I've figured out too. This is the Meredith Page Podcast. So getting better organized with our small business um, marketing and marketing for the services and products that we offer the world. Um, it it's very quickly becomes one of those where the heck do I start kind of conversations and like you could quickly like dedicate half an hour here to an app, half an hour there to an app, it doesn't work, the pricing's not what quite what you can afford, um, the functionality's not great. There's a lot of kind of pitfalls in trying to get a good system up and running to get your marketing nice and tight and consistent. So I wanted to share with you the top platforms and things and tools that I've invested in um, to get my marketing up and running and that I really recommend as good go-to products. If you're looking to really kind of set some time aside to get good at these platforms that are ultimately going to make help make your life easier. So I'm just going to run through these in no particular order, um, but these are the ones that if you're going to go down this, like down say video editing, for example, these are the things that I'm going to recommend. So one of the best video editing apps that I've come across for the price that it is, is called InShot. Um, it's only at this point, from what, I, uh, from what I understand, it's only available on mobile devices. It's not a desktop one, but for like something 
crazy cheap, like 17 bucks a month. It is really good at um, slicing content down. You can edit it, you can reframe it, you can um, change the size, you can add text. Can't add captions, that's something it doesn't do. But uh, it's really good for like cutting a short, uh, like a longer video down into like a series of reels. Now, if you go back to episode 56, I talked, I walked you through how I actually slice and dice my content um, by starting out with a 10 to 20 minute video and then slicing it down into half a dozen reels. It's really good for that. So if you've put a video together where it's you on your soapbox, your go-to rant of like people need to know about this, load it up in InShot, slice it down and turn that into half a dozen reels that you can then schedule out on your social media just to take a bit of pressure off the day-to-day. So that's called InShot. By the way, guys, I am going to include all the links to these um, in wherever this content sort of takes place. Um, so keep an eye out for those. Don't feel like you've got to write anything down. You can always refer back to this. It's okay. Um, something else that I've invested in a couple of times actually is professional headshots. Now, don't be don't assume that this is going to be a massively expensive exercise. Um, so I used uh, some photo- a friend of mine who's a photographer. She's just starting out when we first did our round of headshots. Um, so she did like a small batch for me and then I also got them unedited unedited because I have Photoshop and all that so I could do the light, like the touch-ups and everything that I wanted. So she didn't cost me very much at all. Um, and they're just they're really good to have on hand to cycle through on social media so having again and I've talked about this a lot having your face and your feet is super important especially if you're a key component of what it is that you do if you are the service provider if you are the one docu like the, the one sort of um that's a key part of the customer experience so yeah so whatever we can do to make it easy to get our face in our feet without feeling like we've got to put pure female business owner putting on a face and makeup getting your hair done looking whatever we can do to avoid having to look like a million bucks or feel the pressure to do that every day well worth it so if you can find a way to invest in some professional headshots now you might just have someone in your team or someone in your family that's quite good at taking photos on a phone maybe just get them to help you take a whole batch of photos um Maybe you can find like a up and coming photographer who'd like some experience, um, or even just reach out to local um, portrait photographers in your area. You might be pleasantly surprised at how cheap it is. Even if you ask for them just as unedited JPEGs, because then you can use, even if you want to save money that way, you can use the basic editing features within Instagram and all that if you. So actually do your research. I feel like headshots is one of those things that people will assume is too expensive before they actually go and get a whole bunch of quotes. I've found with creative services as well, particularly being a creative service provider, is that there seems to be no metric of measurement for what something is actually worth. Like sometimes you'll find an area where all the photographers has obviously have obviously kind of pitched their pricing in and around each other. But like I know from like the website design game, you could pay 500 bucks or five grand for a website that looks almost the same. So go out and actually get the quotes. Don't just assume it's gonna to be too expensive because it could be a lot more affordable than you think. And I get headshots done maybe every 12 to 18 months. So if you have a look through my social media, like my Instagram page, especially the more recent ones, because I've just done a bit of a revamp of what my posts look like, you'll notice that there's only two or three photos that are really happening consistently and being used consistently um, outside 
videos that are just me like talking head style. So you don't actually need that many to get a lot of bang for your buck out of, out of them. So professional headshots, strongly recommend you look into those. Uh, for social media scheduling, which I've touched on a few times now, I really like and I like later for a few reasons. Um, user interface is really good. Calendar is really good. Um, it can auto-publish reels, things like that. You can save captions. Now, what I do with that is I throw hashtag banks in there. Honestly, I don't even really know if hashtags do anything anymore. But for the two seconds, it takes me to set up three or four different banks of hashtags that have got different tags in them and swap them in and out. No, if it makes 1% difference, cool. Totally worth that much effort. So... Later, and like I've also found later really good too for looping in other service providers without needing them to be an admin on the Facebook page as such. Um, but just because like obviously my Facebook page and like I've got that connected to other things and I don't know, I just like keeping them separate. So if I bring in a service provider who's going to help me with like the content creation, helping me write the captions, helping me schedule them, later's really good for me having some level of gatekeeping ability on their access to my social media. They can only access it through later. They don't have direct access to those profiles. So I really like it for that. Um, the free version's really good. Um, the paid version, I think I'm on like the next tier up, which is the just paying for it version cost next to nothing a month but really really good but even then like I said you can get started with the free one the free one's great as well uh, another app which actually took me a long time to be okay with using was Canva and I don't know if that's just because I'm like a graphic designer by trade and to me Canva feels like a bastardized version of InDesign um, and I, I did notice it I did notice Canva in its early days would glitch out and it still does actually glitch out when you're doing like overlaying PNGs which not to get super technical, PNG is when you've got an image that's partially transparent. It glitches a lot with PNGs. It doesn't seem to like them. And that used to annoy the bejesus out of me. Um, but it has actually gotten really good. And my OBM um, online business manager, uh, it sounds super fancy, um, she's finally convinced me to set stuff on, up on Canva so she can do more for me. So setting up my podcast announcer posts, setting up carousel posts, all that's been done in Canva. And it's been a game changer. She was right. Um, me being the graphic design snob that I am, um, it was great. And it's also meant that I can then send those templates to other people who are helping me create my social media content. So in, a, in the same way inside your um, sort of organization you could be setting up these canva templates for different purposes it's like it could be okay this is the one we use when we're having a sale this is the one we use when we're um, putting a call out for new customers this could be when we have new stock so nominate a few based on sort of reoccurring events that you promote on social media so like for me i have my podcast announcer i have like a video quote and i have a carousel post quote that we use I've set them up, turned them into templates, and then I've sent my support team the templates, and then they create new content based on those. So we've got the consistency, um, and it's also quicker and easier for them. And when it's quicker, if you're paying someone an hourly rate, it's also cheaper. So Canva's a really good one. And again, it's got a free account, I believe. You can get started, pay one. It feels like it's next to nothing a month. Now, you might have heard me mention VAs and OBMs a lot lately. That's one of the biggest... It's one of the biggest things that it was the hardest thing to start, but it's had the biggest, you're, you get so good and so intuitive of doing what it is that you do. It's so hard to think that someone else outside what you do can come in and do it as quick or as fast or as well as what you will. The fact is they won't, not straight away, but 
we've got to get back into that 80% still pretty good mentality. Um, bring that back up from school. If you want a perfectionist at school and 80% was good enough for you, then 80% should be. Um, it took me a long time to work up to like to get to a point where I'm like, I need a VA. I need to I need to pay for help here. And it was also one of those ones I was pleasantly surprised at how affordable it actually was. Biggest tip I would give you is, well, A, find someone off the back of a recommendation. Try not to go out there completely cold turkey because you can get stuck. I actually did a really good episode um, with my OBM, who's also called Meredith. It's a funny story. Go listen to the episode. We talk about the things you can do to get to make sure you're ready for an OBM or for a VA. OBM online business manager, VA, virtual assistant. Basically, admin support people or business support people that it can be remote and you guys interact. Because um, there's actually work that you've got to do before you you and your business or your organization is ready for a VA. Like you've got to, and it's a lot to do with headspace and realistic expectations. So the headspace self-sabotaging, self that 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 in that um, you can go into it expecting someone to better do it just as well as you, just as fast as you, for, for nothing, next to nothing, and then inevitably being disappointed when that doesn't happen because no one's going to do it as well as you or as fast as you. Like, it, Think about it like your kids. You know that no one will ever be ex as good a parent to your children as you will, but you're quite happy to leave them, say, with a friend or at a daycare service or at a, with a babysitter because you know, you know what? For this period of time, I know they're going to do a pretty good job. Like, they'll make sure they're fed, they'll make sure they're happy, they'll interact with them. They might do things different than me, but that's okay. That's probably good for my child if someone's doing something differently with them. Apply that mentality to these elements of your marketing. They might do it as exactly the same as you or to the same standard, but it might be different. It might be better different. It might shake things up a bit, and it's going to be okay. Because it's only for that, sh it's only for that one part, and you'll be. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised at the, what they might actually bring to the table with a fresh perspective as well. So there's that headspace shift you got to make first. The second one is having realistic expectations, and this is one that I got caught with. I put a shout out in a face business, like women's business Facebook group, um, that I wanted someone who had like so you know, a bit of design experience, was happy to learn this, could do email, could do writing, thinking that this was all very fine because it was stuff that I could do. But I also wanted to be able to pay this person less than what I do to make it worth my while paying them in the first place. And one of the other ladies in that group, who I'm so appreciative of her saying this to me, um, commented on my sort of shout out post and went, when we, well, when you find this unicorn, can you let me know? And I'm like, yeah, that's actually a bit unrealistic, isn't it? Like, I can't expect someone to be able to do all that and then um, that be paid less than like my hourly rate for it to make sense. Like, that's a bit dumb. So realistic expectations and you've got to have the headspace of like not near enough is good enough, but different is also fine. And like 80%, 85% is also fine. Um, what you can do is also, um, you can also look for people that are very task specific. So, like, so I've, I've got three different kinds of support people. I've got um, Meredith, she's my online business manager. She kind of, we sort of get together weekly and then we work on stuff that's very top level. She's also helping me publish the podcast and my social media stuff now, but we're looking at trying to move her away from that into being more of like a top level. Okay. What's the six month plan? What systems we need in place? Who do we need to find? I'm trying to get her to the point where she's almost like an ops manager for me. So then I've got, um, another VA who's helping me with my social media for my clients. My, my plan is that eventually she will help me with my social media and 
and so she'll take care of the doing and then my OBM Meredith will be more of like the planning and strategy organizational stuff and then we have virtual assistants and task-based people that we found through Fiverr that are really good for like hey can you turn this video into four reels the price is really good quality is fantastic they bring more to the table than what I asked for and so we're gradually accruing sort of a suite of people who can do these task-specific things really well. Um, so there's three different ways you could kind of approach it. You might, you might be a bit of like a hot mess, as my OBM calls it. You might be a bit of a hot mess and you might need an online business manager. Someone who's going to help you come in and straighten all this out, put some systems in place, help you find the right people. You'll pay more for that, but if that's what you need, that's what you need. Um, you might need a virtual assistant where it's like, look, I'm just getting stuck in the doing phase. Like I just need someone to do the doing for me so I can do less of the doing and more of the higher order service provision or strategy and things like that. So a virtual assistant might be what you need. Um, or it might be a bit task specific where it's like, I just, I hate this one particular job. Can I just get someone to do this one particular thing? There might be a person who does just that. And they do with, the, with, and with all that, what I would do to, because you were, we're always worried about um, like what we call scope creep, where it's like the, the cost quickly getting out of control. With an OBM and a virtual assistant specifically, I would go into that conversation with a budget and I would tell them the budget um, and say, look, what can you do for this? And that way you're both open about what this is going to cost and you can have a conversation from that perspective where it's like, look, I can justify maybe a couple of hundred bucks a month in support. What's your hourly rate like and what can you do in that time with that that time allocation and at least that way you're not going to get blindsided by something by a huge bill that's going to be the benchmark and they might sort of say okay well for that much I can maybe create some posts for you I can schedule them I can do the captions and that might just be enough to take the pressure off you to feel like things are ha happening without you having to manually handle them at a price that you feel like you're getting value for so I would approach it in that in that sense Okay, so back to apps that I enjoy using. Uh, Trello. Trello is just like brain dump organization. It's fantastic. You can, well, it's very easy to kind of get lost in Trello because it's sometimes it's a bit too flexible. So maybe watch a few training videos online just to sort of see how you'd like to set it up. But it's really good for like, so I use a board for organizing all my, my internal marketing. So myself and my OBM, we share access to that. It's called a board. And then each task is divided into cards. And then you can have these cards organized in lists. So it might be like, we have, um, so like resources that she needs we have upcoming podcast episodes and on each of those cards is like a checklist for each episode so it's like okay this is podcast episode number 57 here's the checklist has it been has the audio been recorded has it been uploaded to anchor which is the app that i use for podcasting um has it been scheduled has it been added to the email and then we've got each of those tasks assigned to either myself or my obm and then we'll go through and tick those off really really good for keeping us organized and once once you know that app exists trello and then once you've seen how it works there's so many different parts of your life and your business you can apply it to. Really, really good tool to just simply know about if you feel like you're swimming in posted notes and bits of paper stuck to things. Really, really good for digitizing and organizing that. Um, okay, and then an email platform. So I use MailChimp currently, but I am finding there are a lot of good ones on the market. I think I jumped onto MailChimp when it was pretty much like had market sort of capture. 
Um, but now there's ones like I've been using one called Moosend a lot lately, um, which is really good to use, really well priced. Um, and then I've also been dabbling with Mailerlite, which also good features at a good price. So again, pick this one off the back of a recommendation. MailChimp is one of the bigger players, but I don't necessarily think it's the best anymore. So do a bit of research around that one. Okay, biggest recommendation I can make off the back of all that though. Don't try to do it all at once. That is a quick way to burn out and stick to none of it and none of it becomes consistent. So um, I also recommend having a website up and running first because um, in my mind, there's no point putting all these leads out there through Nike newsletters and social media and all that kind of stuff if you don't have somewhere to send all that traffic if they want to take action. Like if you send an email with an offer and they want to go, yes, I'm ready, you want to be able to send them to a website or to something where they can take action off the back of that positive energy. Like, yes, I'm ready to go, boom, done it before I even thought about it. Yes, press buy, press subscribe, press, sub yes, submit. So, um, so that's like the best place to do all that and have all that functionality is a website. So I do strongly recommend you have a website up and running first to direct all these systems back to, um, to turn it, to turn all your marketing into like a customer pipeline. You want everything to feel like a pipeline for your business. Um, so then once you have your website up and running, start dabbling with all these apps. I really hope this has given you a few sort of next steps to take to sort of stop this whole starting something over here starting something over there wheels falling off over here running into a brick wall over here and so suddenly we find ourselves tipping all this energy and all this time into setting things up that never actually work i've done i've been there i've done that and i see so many business owners do it where they have all the best intentions for consistency and streamlining and systems but like you can only know about so many apps you can only know about so many tools Sometimes there's nothing worse than trying one for a month and figuring out only to realize it's not quite right or you've there's some sort of limit on it that you weren't that what you weren't aware of and it's like the one feature you actually needed. I don't want any more of that. No more wheels falling off systems that are meant to make our lives easier. So have a look at these ones. These are the ones that I love recommending to my clients and I really hope they bring you some peace of mind when it comes to systemizing the marketing 